The book is 1 Samuel. The teaching series is entitled Heavenly Authority. And the broadcast is called Shi'ar Jashub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and I hope you enjoy these quarter of an hour programs brought to you from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. In this in-depth through the Bible study, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently in the section where Saul is proclaimed by God to Israel to be their first king. Saul, previously anointed by the prophet Samuel privately, is now publicly selected via the Urim and Thummim, the names of which mean light and perfection, flashing stones in the breastplate of the high priest. But when Saul is shown as the chosen one, he could not be found by the people because he was hiding among the baggage and equipment. Now, here is Pastor Greg as he continues his sermon from 1 Samuel chapter 10. Saul is hidden among the stuff. He's hidden among the baggage. And you remember how when we studied the call of Moses, we spoke about this humility in Saul's nature. Saul has just seen and heard marvelous things. Everything Samuel told him has come true. He's experienced the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But this is too humble. He knows better. He knows the position he's to be in. This is taking humility to too much of an extreme, to hide there among the baggage, to hide there among the equipment. And we said when we spoke about the call of Moses that too much humility can lead to a form of pride and arrogance. Obviously, he's not strutting up there saying, well, of course it's me. Look how tall I am. Look at the family I come from. Of course God would choose me to be the king. That's not Saul's problem, right? He's not arrogant and prideful in that way. But he's going against the call of God in his life. He's going against what God has told him to do. And it's too much of, not me, Lord. Not me, Lord. I can't. It's too obsequious. It's too too humble, too self-abasing. Because obviously nobody's worthy. But if God has told him to do something, confirmed it by signs, confirmed it by miracle, he's experienced the Spirit of God, well, then you do what you're supposed to do. But Saul is hiding among the equipment. He's in the stuff. It gives a poor image of the king of Israel not wanting to do what God's called him to do. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. And that false humility becomes disobedient. It becomes an obstruction to the work of God. It's not right. Remember how the anger of the Lord burned against Moses? When after he told them several times what he was supposed to do, Moses kept saying, no, no, I can't. And it said the anger of the Lord burned against him. Now maybe some of you suffer from low self-esteem that has stopped you from doing the things that God wants you to do. And maybe your problem is not to be brazen like some people. They just want to take control automatically. They want to be in the spotlight. They want to be on the committee. They feel they should always be in a position of power. Some people have problems that way. But maybe your problem's not that way. Maybe your problem is you don't feel you can. Who am I? 
and God tells you to do something and you just feel you can't. Well, that's as much against the will of God and a prideful act as the other type of person that just assumes things they should not assume and takes control when they should not. Or maybe, maybe it's just easier to hide among the stuff. You know, maybe it's just easier to hide among the baggage because you have no responsibility then. God doesn't see me. You know, a little kid, you ever see little children sometimes when they're like two, three years old? If they've done something wrong, they cover their eyes. Like, you know, they can't see you, so you can't see them. You know, if I hide among the baggage of the stuff, God can't see me and he'll leave me alone. And I think a lot of Christians hide among the baggage, saying, you know, God, leave me alone. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. And no, they're not strutting up there taking control. And all too often, the ones that strut up there should not be up there. And they assume control. And the ones that should be up there, they hide among the stuff because it's easier that way. There's none of the responsibility. You know, every time Christians say, why do we have Christian leaders like that? Why does God have many stories about one minister doing this and no one minister doing that? And one evangelical group doing this thing or that thing, you say, look, why do these things happen in the church? Why can't God raise up the right type of leaders? Well, maybe there's people in the church that God wants to raise up into leadership, but they're too afraid, they're too self-abasing, they're too humble, they don't really want to do the work, and they're hiding among the equipment and the stuff like Saul. So they go and they get him, they fetch him. There he is, he's hiding over there and they ran and they brought him from there. And when he stood among the people, he was taller than any of the people from his shoulders upwards. So he's more than a head bigger. He's a head and a neck bigger. And Samuel said to all the people, do you see him whom the Lord has chosen? That there is no one, that there is no one like him among all the people. So all the people shouted and said, Long live the king. Expression still used even into today's time period when they have a coronation in England. Long live the king. Long live the queen. Long live the king. They saw him. Notice what impresses people. Notice human nature. We're told he's a very handsome man, right? We're told that earlier. He's a very tall man. Wow, look what we have. You know, the Amorite king, he's not as good looking. He's not as tall and powerful looking. Look what God has given us. And that's what impresses people. And God gave them what impresses them. They're impressed with the outward appearance. They gather and they rally around an individual that's charismatic, that's charming, that's handsome. There's a psalm of Solomon. Now, Solomon was David's son. Solomon was a king, and he has a psalm in Psalm 72 about a king that's to come, a chosen, anointed one, one from his father's line, his father David's line. But this king is approved not by his looks or his stature, but by his tenderness, by his justice, by his compassionate nature. It says in Psalm 72, give the king your judgments, O God. Give him your Urim and your Thummim. Give him your wisdom, your judgments. 
and your righteousness to the king's son, the son of the king, the son of David. He, this son of David, and Solomon knew he was speaking about someone other than himself, a descendant from David that was way more qualified than he was. He will judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. The mountains will bring peace to the people and the little hills by righteousness. He will bring justice to the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy. So if you're needy, if you're poor in heart and spirit, if you need help, this is the one who gives justice and brings salvation. This is the king you need. And he will break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear you as long as the sun and moon endure. Throughout all generations, he shall come down like rain upon the grass before mowing, like showers that water the earth. The fear of the Almighty God as this one, the son of the king, this Messiah pours down upon the planet, rains down, showers down. In his day, verse 7, the righteous shall flourish and abundance of peace until the moon is no more. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. This will be one that all the nations, all the Gentiles, even the kings of the Gentiles will give honor to. Yes, all kings shall fall before him. All nations shall serve him. For he will deliver the needy when he cries. Notice his characteristics. He delivers the needy when he cries, the poor also, and him who has no helper. If you need a helper, if you need an advocate, if you need a comforter, if you need a comforter to rain down upon you, he's the one you go to because he rains down then his comforter, his spirit upon you. He will spare the poor and needy and will save the souls of the needy. He will redeem their life from oppression and violence and precious shall be their blood in his sight. He sees these needy people and their life, their blood is precious to him and he shall live, the resurrected one. He shall live. And what do we say to this king who Saul is such a poor shadow of? Even as the people back then in that day, when they see the wonder of their king, which was no splendor at all, when we see the splendor of our king and the heart of our king and the goodness of our king, and the justice of our king. And we say in verse 15, he shall live. We also say then, long live the king. And we pray for his reign. And we pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus, to establish your kingdom. Father, we thank you for the symbols and the types you place in your word to show us the nature of your son, the Lord Christ Jesus. Father, we have not the Urim or the Thummim as the high priest had in those days. 
Father God, that would supernaturally give judgment and decision. But we too seek righteous judgment. We too need decisions. And we seek your will in your face. And we thank you, Lord, that it promises in your word that through the King, the Chosen, the Messiah, you rain down your justice, you give your judgment, you give your decisions, you pour out your spirit that we would not be as orphans, but that we would have your guidance and your gifts and your direction. Father, give us your light, give us your perfections in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. It is always a source of joy to hear from our radio listeners. So if you have any comments on today's study, please send them along to us. Our address is Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B. Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Again, the address is P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane, just off Route 1. The exit is number 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1. Turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. Please join us for our next broadcast of A Remnant Shall Return, which in Hebrew is Shi'ar Jeshub.